Hello and welcome back to the Couch GM Podcast. My name is Ryan Parker and I'm joined as always by Matt Chamberlain. How are you doing, Matt? I'm doing splendid because basketball's back. Basketball's well, back. Right, We're pre-season. in preseason. We can talk about actual basketball games. Yes. Again. And I, I'm not going to lie, I have not been tempted to degenerately like bet on preseason basketball <laughs> games. I'm just, I'm just watching to watch, Ryan. I'm That's just nice. like for the fun of, for the fun of the game. Nice. Love of the game. I, yeah, I'm really excited because my uh, Twitter timeline is no longer domi- dominated by football. Yes. I enjoy I football, but I, it's just at this point in the season, it's... We get to like whatever. the, is Carson Wentz like the future of the Eagles or not? And it's like, all right, goodbye. I've, I'm, yeah, I've had <laughs> enough of this conversation. We've been doing this dance for like five years now, and he's only been in the league for like four. So <laughs> uh, there's that. Um, but this is episode 93, and if you missed uh, episode 92, we'll talk about that here in a second. But first, uh, make sure you're following us on social media, on Twitter and Instagram, and giving us a rating and review on the podcast platform of your choice. Matt, what did people miss in episode 92? So we did a, a good big talk on the John Wall-Russell Westbrook swap and the absolute nonsense that that trade is, um, was, is, and will continue to be. Um, <laughs> but also John Wall looking good. Um, we also talked about the Lakers locking in Anthony Davis and LeBron James for long-term, I guess. That's the best way to put it. Longish term in LeBron years, at least. Longish term for NBA. Yeah. And then last but not least, we talked about the revamping of Atlanta's roster this Bogdanovich, Gallinari um, situation, how they're going to handle their young guys in the depth chart, considering they now have almost too many guys, and having to figure that out um, early on. It looks like DeAndre Hunter getting a lot of starting minutes, but obviously with this year being what this year is, we'll probably still see plenty of the Cam Reddish, Kevin Herter minutes as well. We talked about that a bit in episode 92. Thank you for... Uh, bringing those people up to speed. Go back and listen to it. Give it like just like a little play. That Atlanta one's still really interesting as you watch them in the preseason, like how they're distributing minutes. Yeah. And I mean, even though Hunter's like starting, it's still like Reddish is still getting a lot. Herder's still getting a lot. A lot. You know, we're not seeing like the Rondo guys yet, but it's like there's there's guys there and a lot of guys that need to be on the floor. I don't know. I don't know how you handle that when it's you got a bunch of bunch of vets trying to make the playoffs. Yeah, it's going to be... Atlanta's an interesting one. I feel like uh, they've gotten a lot of hype the last couple weeks. Lots of hype, yes. And I'm not sure it's deserved yet. We there, be, there's a lot to prove there. Yeah. Like, you know, playing defense. But <laughs> that's for another time and another conversation. Uh, in this week's NBA news, if you missed it, Paul George gets a four-year, $190 million extension from the Clippers. Yes. Who saw this coming? <laughs> Playoff P? Pandemic P? <laughs> Because I didn't. That's bonkers. So he's making the 36 mil this year, and then that four-year 190 kicks in starting next season. So if you want to call it a five for 226, sure, but essentially it's the four for 190 getting tacked on. Man, that's, that's a lot of money for a guy who looked like closer to a minimum guy in the bubble, <laughs> you know, but I... I mean, hopefully this raises the confidence, I guess. I don't know. Do you give a guy $190 million for a confidence boost? That seems excessive. Hey, just for the record, I need a confidence boost, too. So, where's hey, my if check? <laughs> if I can hit the side of the backboard and get a four for 190 the next next offseason, count me in. Yeah, for real, though. For I real. could probably do that, though. 
like put it, me in a right, playoff it takes game. a lot of practice to hit the side of the backboard it's a very small target okay <laughs> i guess precision. just the smallest <laughs> of the basket itself uh uh anyways i guess that's i don't know a thing um varying opinions here i don't i don't know i guess we're we'll talk about the clippers later on this podcast because we're going to be talking about the west and preseason and all that stuff so uh moving on nuggets extend monte morris for three years 27 mil nice little deal there yeah for a second round pick for a good uh backup point guard yeah i mean that's solid i mean consider like guys like dj augustine getting like seven mil so it's like yeah this that's is, about the mark uh, average yeah. i mean he's above average backup point guard. yeah i mean so. he plays near starter minutes right so you know he's a, he's a big piece for them and this yeah this it's a smart move lock that up <clears throat> and now the, for the biggest bit of drama in the nba uh the last week i don't know if you've heard matt but james harden has requested for a trade again it seems like because he refused to show up for the start of training camp uh and then just essentially gave the middle finger to all of Houston um, by posting pictures on Instagram of him at various parties around the country. Uh, And there's lots to get in there. But we're going to, I think, kind of strictly talk basketball here because I don't really care what James Harden does in free time um, as much as... Because he does this every year. Yeah, right. And James Harden being late to training camp, like, I honestly don't really care. Like, this season, like, yeah, it's a condensed season, condensed training camp, all that. So maybe it matters a touch more than normal. I don't know if it really matters if James Harden's, like, late to training camp. I I, I wish with a new head coach he would have been, like, more, like, yeah, I'm going to be there day one. But, eh, whatever. Basketball-wise, though, I mean, he's apparently playing now. He's going to play, like, their next preseason game. Okay. Fine. This feels, again, I, I said this last week or whenever, this feels kind of Jimmy Butler-ish, right? We're going to get to game yeah. 12, and it's just be like, we we can't do this anymore. He's going to get gone. But trades are hard for James Harden. He makes a butt-ton of money. He makes a lot of money. Uh, it's kind of like the Russell Westbrook thing, except, you know, James Harden's better. Um, so there's that. <laughs> um, Houston, should, I mean, as they should, they're asking for a lot. Uh, as has re- been reported this week, uh, the Nets have been a big rumor trade destination for James Harden. They want KD or Kyrie back. Which is just not going to happen. <laughs> I don't know what delusion this new GM is living in, but like... That's You're not like getting a, Kyrie back. You're not like, getting KD. You're not getting Kyrie back. That's like saying... I don't know. That's like a 2K thing, right? Like he's yeah. been playing too much yeah. 2K. Um, I, like you kind of have to be realistic here. Like you should want more than sure what the nets could offer because the nets offer is probably like the low end of what james harden should be getting right this karis dinwiddie allen and and like money five picks right right? yeah three three first rounds and then two swaps um it's kind of the blueprint for the um paul george right anthony davis however you want to put it that type of player Um, some have been floating around the Sixers and getting um, something know, like either Ben, ben Simmons, Simmons or Tobias Harris, yeah, and then other guys to fill out the money, and then picks, 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 right? I mean, and now Milwaukee is apparently also on his list. Miami is also on his list. I have no idea how you make the Miami one work unless you wait till the trade-ish deadline. 
Because the problem with Miami is they just re-signed so many dudes like Gordon Dragic that yep. like you need to would would need to trade money wise, right. right? But like those guys aren't eligible to get traded to like mid late February because of when they signed. So like you can't even do a trade to Miami until mid season, right? And I think even with Miami, they'll be hesitant to pull a trigger on that because of another piece of news. It, I, we'll talk about this in a second, but Giannis just signed an extension today. Yes. His extension. Um, which was like five years for two twenty six or something. something like that. Yeah. Um, if Miami's wanting to make that deal, if Giannis becomes available in two years, wouldn't they want the assets they have now for younger Giannis? Right. I, I, I guess it just depends on how long you're willing to string that out. Right. Do you think Jimmy Butler is going to be elite for that long? Bam is going to be good. You have him locked up. Um, but I, I don't know, like, if I'm Miami, is Tyler Hero really, like, are you really wanting to build around him? Like, I think there's a little bit too much hype behind the Tyler Hero thing. Oh, he's, like, the 13th ranked, <laughs> like, shooting guard in, like, 2K. And it's just, like, don't okay. get me wrong, he's good. He's good. But, like, he's, like, maybe starting for them. Right, right. He may be coming off the bench, and I think that's a huge thing, is that, um, like, James Harden is an MVP. Like, straight up. And Tyler Hero might not be an MVP ever. He might not be an all-star ever. Exactly. Like, you make that deal, right? Like, yes. I- I've seen reports that Miami's not willing to throw in Tyler Hero. That's fine. You're probably not going to win a championship then. Yeah. Like, Tyler Hero's not carrying you to a championship. I mean, that was the hang-up in the- this finals. I know he was a rookie, but, like, you need another playmaker when Goron went down. Yeah. And you didn't have that outside of Jimmy Butler. Right. And I don't know what you think Harrow's like development path is. I mean, if you think he's an on-ball, you know, ball screen, high pick and roll creator, that's one thing then. But I don't know if I see that for him. Like, if you think he's going to do the Devin Booker thing, comes in as a quote-unquote shooter, and then develops into so much more, I don't see Tyler Harrow's Devin Booker. But Not how a, long has it taken Devin Booker to get that? Granted, like, in a different situation, it's been, what, he's five years into the league now? Like six or something now. Yeah, five or six. So, like, if you're expecting Tyler Hero to do that in a championship window where you have elite players now, I just don't think that's going to yeah. happen. Honestly, the one to me that makes more sense and financially can make more sense is Milwaukee if they wanted to throw in Chris Middleton. Yeah. Because that's, that's a big deal. That's a legit, you know, all-star that... Houston will be getting back that they kind of want, apparently. And then you don't throw in that much more to make the financials work. And Milwaukee give up a lot of picks in the Drew thing, but they still have a few more they could give up. And if you're trading a Middleton, maybe you don't have to trade quite as many picks as you normally would. So what, Middleton, DiVincenzo, another dude, and whatever picks you have left and swaps, throw that in. Is that good enough for Harden? I, I mean, I guess it just depends on if Houston wants that type of a Middleton guy or not. I mean, if they just want young guys, then no. But right. if they want a guy like that, Kyrie, you know, whatever, then that might be the best you can get. Yeah, that's a good point, is that Middleton, I mean, it kind of presents an interesting out for Milwaukee, um, but can kind of get Houston the retooling that they're looking for. Yeah. If I were Houston, I wouldn't go the Middleton route. I would probably try to find you know, someone who could be bad in, like, six years and get all of their picks. Yeah. Um, but I think... You try I, and go get Ben Simmons and a couple picks from right, Philly right away out in the future. I wonder if how many uh, picks Philly would be willing to include. Because if you're Philly, you feel like Ben Simmons is enough. Like, he's 
what's right. still 23 24 yeah still developing still an awesome young player and all team like defender or all nba defender um so i don't know i i, I feel like the 76 would be hard pressed yeah um to you, put, you attach it, all the picks to tobias harris oh but if it's yeah, ben simmons what, right that's where it's like he's worth taking a couple picks off three picks off yeah. the table so that's the conundrum or and this is the part that not a lot of people were talking about james Harden still got two years and a player option on this deal who says you got to send him to any of those four teams you want to send him to indiana and for you know oladipo miles turner and doug mcdermott and picks 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 do that if that's the best offer you really want then do, do that but if there's some other team out there like why not if you're houston you got to do what's best for you. We saw Indiana ship Paul George to OKC. Yeah. I think Paul George wanted to go to OKC. He was That's, very adamant about right? going to the Lakers, right? Yeah, but he spent, what, two years in OKC? Yeah. Yep. And then he two left. Yep. And they got a boatload for him. Yep. If you're Indiana or whomever else, do that, right? Just go get in the playoffs for a couple years and then trade him when he wants to get traded and get more for him. Like That's a viable option, too, that like has to be considered. Yeah, that's absolutely right, is that I think people in general have been pretty uh, negative towards James Harden this week in saying that there's maybe been a touch too much player empowerment, which I kind of disagree with and goes into a larger conversation, but like this is the other side of that, right? You have essentially three years on a contract. Houston's not obligated to fulfill your request to be traded yeah. to any of the list of teams he's listed out. Yeah. I mean, heck, you could trade him to New Orleans for like ingram, brandon ingram brandon yeah. ingram lonzo ball and josh hart and picks 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 yeah. picks picks um because they also have a ton of picks yeah um and that i i don't I'm, i have no idea if james harden would be happy with that but i mean that's that's a thing they could do right i, was, I think he would like to live in new orleans <laughs> <laughs> live off of bourbon street right rest in peace nightlife in <laughs> new orleans um I, I mean, like, that's, that's another thing, is, like, the Knicks, could, I think, could be a player if they wanted to be. Oh, yeah, they could. Uh, no one's going to them in free agent free agency, apparently, so what do you do? You go trade for a, a big-time uh, player like James Harden and include R.J. Barrett and Kevin Knox and all, all your future picks. Um, is James Harden going to stick around for the whole time? Maybe, maybe not. Um, but I think as, as a team and an organization, you take the risk. I mean, there's always risk in these sort of things, but at least it would bring you relevance, right? I would say I'd rather take a risk and get James Harden than not take a risk and run. Like, and still suck. Yeah, and just run it back with the same dudes and do the same thing every year and get the eighth pick, right? So that's that's kind of where you're at. I don't know. I'd, I'd rather die on the hill of, of the superstar than of the let's just hope we eventually get a good player, right? You can't just eventually hope you get a good player. It's like the same similar conversation like what boston's always gotten into like never trading for that dude you're just like we'll string this out keep stringing it out keep stringing it out and now it's like boston's in a weird spot yeah. right now and it's like because you could have done something yeah go get anthony davis for a year or two and then deal with it but they never did it or whomever right sometimes you just gotta like shoot your shot yeah right this is the, this is the nba like right. if you want to win you got to get stars if you want to get to the playoffs, you got to get stars. If you want to get deep into the playoffs, you got to get stars. Like, I'm sorry, like the, you know, feel good, you know, Brooklyn Nets only get you so far. You got to go get some dudes. That's a great way to put it is that these championships are so hard to come by. And like, that's like, 
no disrespect to the Heat. I, I and we'll talk about this on another podcast. I just don't think like I, I don't they know. They maxed out. Yeah, they maxed that team out, and I don't. I mean, like you got to go for it. Like yeah. if you think you can get back to the playoffs, you got to go or to the finals. You got to go for it. Like there's no. Well, we're this like cute, like scrappy team who has some nice young pieces, That's, and then we yeah. might eventually get to the finals again. Yeah. So then, like transitioning to Giannis and talking about the Heat, there it's like you want to try and play this game for Giannis again in two years. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's like, fine. You can try, and maybe he's happy. Maybe he's not happy. You don't know. So it's like if you just string this down the line for two more years after he just signed this super extension, and again, really because of. So the cap rules, you can't trade for him in the next year now, yeah. Giannis, because he's going to make bukus of money and the poison pill um, provision. So it's really like the year after that you can start thinking about him again. But if he wins a title in Milwaukee this season or the season after, will that make him want to leave? Because it's like, all right, I did my thing here. Now I'm gone. The LeBron in Cleveland thing. Or is it going to be like, no, I can win here. I'm going to stay. Oh. You don't know how he's going to feel if he wins. You I mean, if they lose the next two years, lose meaning like not win a championship, then yeah, you still have a pretty good shot. But I don't know if with the team Milwaukee's created, Giannis, I get why he resigned because it's a good team. It's like a legitimately good team. I don't, I don't want to bet on that team not winning a championship in the next two years if I'm Miami. Right. You can't like expect things to not fall their way. Yeah. Or fall your way, I guess. However, and therefore look. not their way. Yeah. yeah. However, you want to look at it. I just, like, I guess it's, like, for Giannis, like, this is absolutely the right move. Like, 100%, right? Secure like, your, your money. Secure your money. Secure your bag, as the kids yes. would say nowadays. Um, and then if you're wanting out, like you're saying, you ask for a trade. And you still get your money. <laughs> like, yeah. There's no downside. Um, it's just who's writing the check. Right, exactly. And I, I think that's uh, obviously the smartest thing for him. Um, and his family, um, I mean, making a quarter, almost a quarter of a billion dollars is nothing to sneeze at. Um, and he's earned it like multiple back-to-back MVPs, uh, incredible player. And still what? 25 years old, six, something like that. Yeah. Like super, not just, I mean, just finishing up his second contract. Yeah. Not even in his like full prime yet. What we consider his full prime yet. Uh, and he's still developing and still on his way. So congrats to Giannis on that. Um, I think I've seen uh, a lot of people uh, saying that small markets are congratulations to Milwaukee. To my point, he's going to ask for a trade in two years if he's yeah. unhappy. It, it's going to be the Paul George and OKC thing. Right. right? Like, yeah. it's like, Anthony Davis, who, however you want to look at it. Right. We tried. You know, we did our best. Maybe it works in that in this situation for Milwaukee. Maybe it doesn't, and if it doesn't, you're screwed. Right. Right. And if it works, you still might be screwed. You might not, but it's like three out of the four situations, you're screwed. Right. <laughs> right. Right. So you lose this year, you're you're screwed. You lose the year after that, you're screwed. You win one of these years, you still might be screwed. <laughs> you win one of these years, you might not. Like. Yeah. Three of the four situations, like, you're not winning this right. Giannis thing. Like, he's not going to be on your team. So, yes, it's great for the next couple of years. Because, again, it's the same thing we talked about with Toronto. You get a championship, you're good. Like, it almost doesn't matter what happens for, like, the next 10 years. Because right. you finally got one. If Milwaukee wins a, a championship in the next two years, borderline doesn't even matter what happens right. for the next decade after that. Because you've got one. But it's still going 
to be a loss at the end of the day if you don't have Giannis on your team long term. That's a great point. Great way to put it. And with that, we'll move into our big topic for today. We're going to be breaking down uh, <clears throat> Western Conference teams, and it's back. Holy crap. We're doing this, is- this again. Yeah. Year three. Year three. This is the start of year three for us. We're no longer the rookies who are uh, somewhat scrappy. We're not We're not even like eligible Ben Simmons for like rookie of the year, yeah. right? Yeah, we're not we're, that. We're past that now. Yeah, we're rookie of the year's two times running, I guess, <laughs> however you want to look at that. Um, but we're going to put a two-minute timer on the clock, and we're just going to quickly talk uh, about each of the Western Conference teams, so 15 teams. Uh, two minutes on the clock for each, and we're just going to kind of go through these somewhat rapid fire, and we're just going to have yeah. a quick discussion. It's, yeah, about it's kind of like a burning question, and then where they where are they going to fall? So we got three tiers where they could fall. Either playoff team, like they are in, like they are going to be a playoff team. Fringe playoff team, which means they're somewhere in that 6 to 10-ish range of like, you're probably in, but maybe not, or you're close, but maybe not. And then there's your lottery team, right? Like you, you just you're one of those bottom four-ish teams. Um, so that's kind of where we'll we'll uh, land these teams. And then at the end, after we go rapid fire through all of them, then we'll give our playoff seeding predictions for how this year is going to turn out and what's going to be the most bizarre year, 72 game season. That's hard to remember. I was looking at over-unders, Ryan, and I was, like, having to, like, convert in my head. (laughs) Like, okay, the Hornets are projected at 26 and a half. Like, what is that on an 82-game season? And it was, like, it was weird to think about it that way. I was, like, trying, and I was, like, I just got to stop. First (laughs) of all, that's way too high for the Hornets. We should all be hammering the under on that. (laughs) I don't know. Like, because, like, it's saying in a regular season, you know, Floyd, should they win 32 games or whatever? It's, like, I don't – it's – anyway – We'll go through the West. We'll go through the West. Okay. We'll go in alphabetical order, um, just for the sake of you know some unbiased. You know, we're not going to get into the rankings right away. So we'll start Dallas. Let me put two minutes on the clock, and here we go. So they're burning question in Dallas. How good will Luca's supporting cast be? What do you think? I don't know if it necessarily matters. I think Luca. I don't think I think Luca's going to be a top two MVP candidate this season. I think ESPN put out like he has like the highest odds to win it this year is like thirty six percent. Like if that dude's healthy, he's just gonna be like in the MVP conversation. He's knocking someone out, right? Um, that's the that's the thing. It's if he's in, who's not? That whole deal. But I mean, he's legitimately that good. Yeah, I mean, to your question, it has to be good for them to be competitive in the playoffs. But for the regular season, I just don't know how much it'll matter. Um, I think they've done some nice things in the off season, and if Porzingis. Uh, comes back healthy at some point in the season, they'll be really, really good. Um, but they are still missing some pieces there because of injury. And Willie Colley Stein secretly could be a really nice piece for them. Yeah, I mean, just like he's a different type of center and did like, play in the bubble, right? Yeah. So like they have a guy like Maxi Kleba, who's like one type of center. Stein Colley Stein's another. Hopefully, they get Porzingis back. Like they still have good wing depth. Dorian Finney-Smith. Tim Hardaway Jr. They drafted one of my favorite prospects, Josh Green. So like you still got dudes there, and that's ultimately it. I think it's really just floor spacing. Yeah. And that's you know they did try and prioritize that um, in the offseason. So I I think it just needs to be shooting wise league average. If you can be league average as a shooting team from the perimeter, you'll be fine. And then I think 
also just knowing Rick Carlisle and the systems they they try and run, you know, they're all smart cutters. They'll get easy baskets. They'll get some in transition. So like if they can just be league average, you know, this is a to me a lock playoff team. Is that where you have them also? Yes, a hundred percent. So I, hey, right on this six seconds left. So nice. so all right, going over to Denver now. So can for, oh I'll ask the question. Can Jamal Murray recreate the bubble? I mean that's a pretty lofty task because he is. was incredible. It is he he was incredible, but I have faith. I think this Denver team is going to be really special. So I think this question is he a twenty five point per game score this year? <clears throat> is that is that too high? It might be a, a touch too high, but like if he's twenty five points a game like that, I don't. Denver might be the top seed. Yeah, if he can go like even okay maybe a, a touch less twenty two. Six and four, like as a stat line on yeah. like at least you know league average three point shooting, you know that's probably what elevates this team to being like a legit one or mm. two at least regular season team, and that's kind of like I'm not worried about Jokic at all with this team. No, and losing Jeremy Grant like that's a thing. Losing Tory Craig like that's slightly less of a thing, but still still a, a big deal for them. I. I think their entire season, like, and what ultimately rests, like, their standing is Jamal Murray. Mm-hmm. Like, Michael Porter Jr. is going to be whatever he is this year. Who who honestly knows? They still got, like, good talent around them, like Monte yeah. Morris. Um, they brought in the dude from, like, Spain. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. So <clears throat> it's like they, they still got plenty of guys there, Paul Millsap. So I'm not worried about them as a team. But Jamal, if he, if he could even step up to that 25 on, like, 38 percent three-point shooting i like Jokic is going to get him opportunities yeah 100 whether it's you know <clears throat> dribble handoff opportunities you know fake the handoff and flare back you know if he can just pick his spots well and you know even hit spot ups a few more maybe play off ball a bit with monte morris there's a lot of potential there for jamal murray to be like an, a legitimate all-star this year so again we both had them legit playoff team um in the west yeah playoff lock so we'll go next one so golden state so has has the championship window closed uh much like in houston it has been shut glued shut stapled shut however you want to phrase it this team i don't know if it can recover from this clay injury unfortunately and that's ultimately the the point of the question yeah right because like i again i've been on this kelly Oubre bandwagon for a couple years now I think he's going to be really good there. Like, he's going to legit work. Andrew Wiggins, not even... I, I can't. We're not doing this again with Andrew right. Wiggins, right? Like, he could score 20 points a game. Could be on, you know... 25 shots. Right, like, bottom five efficiency in the league. But yeah. he, he could get to you 20 or whatever. I, I'm, I'm not sold on this team, like, as a team, I think. Like, Steph being back is legitimately huge. Like, he is a still an MVP candidate. And that can't go overlooked. But in a year where you're going to need depth, I, I hate this team's depth, right? Yeah, that's kind of the thing. Is like once you get past like five, maybe six guys, it gets really sketchy really yeah. quick. Like Jordan Poole might have to be a key contributor again for this team. And I'm not sure he's an NBA player. Right, exactly. Yeah, that's kind of the thing. Is like their wing depth has just kind of gone out the window. Yeah. Basically like- guys like 9 through 15 are like G League guys. It's that just, like they're hoping to get some decent minutes out of. 
100%. I think the big kicker here in the question is, like, how good is James Wiseman? Because, like, yeah. if that guy is... If he's DeAndre Ayton of this past season, then there's a lot to work with. Right. But if he's, like, a rookie center who's, like, good, but not great, then, you know, you're a playoff team? Yeah. I think something to watch and highlight, I'll say this uh, last thing about Golden State, is Draymond's decline. Um, because we saw some alarming things from him yeah. last season will and he be you know rejuvenated this year yeah so that's why i i have them as a fringy playoff team yeah i agree with that that I like think. six to eleven yeah. range in there it's probably i just can't get them in the top five of the west it's hard it's yeah. really hard so talking about another team in a similar situation we got houston so we talked a lot on the james harden bit already so we won't harp on that too much more but let's talk about some of these other guys um let's go john wall since they, you know, are paying him forty-three million dollars, what version of John Wall are we getting this year? I, I don't. I, I think a good version. I mean, from the preseason, the brief preseason stuff we've seen, it looks like he's explosive. It looks like he's uh, attacking the rim, shooting the ball well. But the shot looks nice. The caveat there is his preseason. So yeah. <laughs> who knows if he like reverts back to like before John Wall was like injured and like. Not exactly the best version of John Wall. Um, we just have no idea. Like, it may take him, like, 15 games to get back into, like, NBA yeah. shape. We have no idea. Right. right. And that's the thing is, like, even if John Wall's, you know, 85% of what, like, peak John Wall was, it's like, he can still get by dudes. Like, yeah. he can still create offense. Like, more than we've seen, like, the Chris Pauls of the world do um, when he was in Houston. Chris Paul, obviously, much better in different aspects of the game, but... In that regard, like, John Wall can still get to the basket. Mm. And, again, like, not to overreact to preseason, but even before the injury, like, his shot never looked terrible. It just looked like he was always going a 1,000 miles an hour. Yeah. So now it's like he's literally forced to slow down. Yeah. Maybe it's like it, that can actually help him be like, set your feet, get your legs under you. They still have to respect you as a driver. But, like, he can, like, be a legit 35% three-point shooter this year. And still, you know, play pick and roll with Christian Wood and whomever and still, you know, kick out to three. And Houston's offense might be very simple mm. with him, but it can be really effective because it's a legit guard who can get by guys and create at the basket. Like, yeah. that's still really valuable. Another ball handler next to James Harden, however long he's there, if right. he's there, um, is a really nice asset to have. Yeah. So that's why they're probably the same in that Golden State range. Of like fringy, like if James Harden legit plays all year, then like they're probably a definite playoff team. Yeah. But you know, without that certainty, they've got to be somewhere more in this just six to eleven ish range. Hundred percent, a hundred percent agree with you on that one. So let's go Clippers now. Okay, so with the Clippers, the question here is: Can Ty Lue fix the chemistry problems? Which you know, apparently there's a ton of problems according to all the stories. Um. I'm, I I love Doc Rivers' comments on this. Like, <laughs> he was sitting, like, like you can think, like, Doc is basically saying, you can think Tyloo's going to fix everything, but he was sitting right next to me all year. <laughs> like, yeah. and, you know, Paul George is complaining about his role, and, you know, there's all these complaints about, you know, our Kawhi and Paul George leaders that this team needs. It's like, I don't know if Tyloo fixes any of that, right? Like, I don't, a, I don't know. It's a big question mark, right? Because, like, we... On paper, this team should be awesome. Like, talent-wise, it has the talent it needs to win a championship. But 
as we know, basketball, like winning a championship, so much more than just basketball. Right. There's um, the mental side of it. Right. And it sounds like a lot of people have tiffs with Kawhi and Paul George and how they got special treatment. And I think we've talked about that some. Um, but I don't know. I don't know how you like get over those because there's a lot of players still coming back. And, like, right. obviously someone talked to the media yeah. in the offseason, so... I mean, Lou Will put his name on it yeah. when he talked. And the Montrez leaving, is that, you know, maybe an addition by subtraction just from that mental locker room chemistry right. standpoint of it all? And you bring in Surge, so, you know, you're not really losing the on-court production. Um, I mean, it's a different style, but not really losing the ultimate point value of it all. Uh, again... I, I think legit change in terms of chemistry comes from players, yeah. not coaches. Coaches can help, you know, facilitate, like, conversations. But I, I, at the end of the day, if the players don't want to talk, if they're not going to be, like, real with each other or they're not going to, like, ultimately be willing to, like, listen or hash it out, then who cares? You can right. sit there all day and try and get them to be a therapist to them. But if, they're not, if they don't care, then it is what it is. I still think they have so much talent. They're going to be a legit playoff team, like a top five lock mm. but it's hard to project in terms of championship for this team yeah i'm kind of out on them winning a championship yeah, it's tough <clears throat> so we'll go other la now so we'll go lakers so i mean obviously we got the lebron ad thing we talked about it last week a bit no need to harp on those two so we'll talk about the supporting cast how similar question to the luca one how good does it need to be again this year i think when we saw like push come to shove it didn't really matter um even with danny green missing like some big shots and their supporting cast making some errors in the finals they were still able to overcome that because lebron and anthony davis were so good um and i think their supporting cast is better now like getting dennis schroeder is a big deal for them like that's like the biggest move for them yeah that they have another creator montrez harrell is whatever like i just don't i I don't know if that moves the needle much for me. A lot of people have made a big to-do about that. He's he's nice for the regular season. I don't sure. know how... Yeah, exactly. I don't know how many playoff minutes he's going to play. <clears throat> they lost some key pieces, though, like Avery Bradley. Um, defensively, it feels like this team's yeah. not as good, uh, which could be a cause for concern down the road. Yeah, and that's what I'm more focusing on is like the defense of it. Um, is KCP going to come out and work as hard on defense as he did last year? I, I mean, I'd like to think so, but I don't know, right? It's like, I think Caruso is going to be Caruso, you know? It's like, they, they still have some guys, you know, we're all on this apparently Taylor Horton Tucker, you know, MVP bandwagon. Can for, I just, like, mm-hmm. eye roll at that any harder? Like, it's preseason. Like, yeah. come on. It's, it's not like he's, like, yeah, he's playing, like, some against ones, but it's not serious, like, yeah. basketball. So, it's like, we'll just, we'll wait on that. I, again, the the big one we talked about it going into last season was Kuz. Like, is Kyle Kuzma going to be a guy, or is he just going to be like a 10-point-per-game bench player? I don't... Again, maybe it just doesn't matter. But he he could really elevate himself, you know, going into, you know, some ex- legit time to, like, getting an extension. But, again, I don't know if it really matters, like you said. So even, like, slightly below league average is probably still fine. And obviously with LeBron and AD, they're a legit playoff team. So now going to Memphis. Uh, so with Memphis, what can Jaw do in year two? Our favorite rookie of the year. Right. I obviously the dude's incredible. Like, right. Dude's fantastic. Uh, to me, it's really all about the shooting. Mm. Like, 
and this team really didn't do much in the offseason to get more creators like to play alongside of him which i don't i don't mind but it, it would be nice to be like get the ball out of his hands a little bit more just so he doesn't have to do everything but he's really good at doing everything so maybe it's maybe it's cool jaw is just gonna be a fun watch a league pass watch all year <clears throat> but i think for his game what we saw uh in that uh bubble play-in game is that he really does have to get better shooting the ball uh because teams have just learned to go under screen right. with him um and that's something he's just gonna have to learn to combat through this season um, and hopefully he's gotten a better shooter in the off season, and that's going to be a big key to Memphis. Uh, Memphis getting healthy is another thing because yeah. Triple J has been out, uh, and then uh, just Winslow, who they acquired at the trade deadline, is a big yep. piece there too. But to answer the question, I mean, Jaw might be the most one of the most exciting young players in the league who's not yeah. really talked about all that right. much. Like the fact that like he gets, I mean, no wrong, like his dunks obviously get all, all kinds of love. But, like, he's a remarkable passer. Yeah, he's a really good passer. So, like, whether it's to the bigs rolling, to the bigs popping, to, like, the corner shooter, like, John legit makes, you know, every pass. Yeah. So that that's a very underrated part of his game. And so, like, they like they still have, like, a good, good, I'm not going to go any more than that, like, cast around him. So for him, I yeah, I think it goes back to that shooting. Like, what you talked about was, like, guys are just going to go under. But even if, like, you know, your guy, like, preemptively goes under the screen, can you just, like, pull it back? And not even, like, in a step back, just pull it back and, with your feet set, hit a three. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like the conversation we always have with, like, John Wall and Russell Westbrook of, like, you know, don't force the, Driving like, the, the drive, yeah, yeah, just to throw something up or hopefully find a kickout guy. Um, I, I think they're still in that fringe playoff team. I think they're in the playoff conversation. Yeah. Again, that's six to ten-ish. 11-ish range. All right, Minnesota. So uh, slightly, you know, in the personal range here, but talking about Carl Anthony Towns. So for Minnesota, I mean, they, they got the number one pick, Anthony Edwards. They've obviously brought in D'Angelo Russell. And they have, you know, still quite a few youngish guys on this squad. But it's ultimately all about Cat. So it's what kind of year are they going to get from him? I think a pretty engaged year um, because he's been talking and wanting D'Angelo Russell uh-huh. on this team or to play with D'Angelo Russell for a long time, and now he's gotten his wish, um, along with a first overall pick in Anthony Edwards, like you mentioned. I think this team should be competitive in every game. I know in some years past they haven't been, and it looks like Cat has just kind of been day school sometimes. I think this team should be closer to the Jimmy Butler 8 seed than... I think some what some people have talked about. Um, I think this team ultimately can be really good. There's going to be some nights where it's like, oh my god, they're going to score 160 points. Yeah. But also give up like 140. <laughs> um, so I, I think we're going to get an engaged cat defensively. Hopefully, he can protect the rim and play better pick and roll yeah. defense. But we have yet to see that in year yeah. what four or five. Yeah. So. I mean, obviously, COVID has probably hit him and his family harder than any other player that we know yeah. of. And so we saw him, like, really emotional before that preseason game the other day. He's talked about, like, how, like, basketball, like, not that it doesn't matter, but, like, it's obviously, like, on the back burner. But, you know, once the season goes full swing and he's engaged and, you know, traveling with it, I would like to think, like, we're going to get just Cat on a tear. Yeah. Like, just an absolute, and, like, there's nothing you can do about it. Because that dude can legit shoot, like, 40% from three. Yeah. Along with, like, put you in the post and put you in the basket. 
put you in a blender. Like, he has that, like, in his counter ability to get, like, a ton of rebounds. Yeah. And, like, incredible footwork and can also just shoot the lights out of the ball. Yeah. Like, there's a such an easy world where he gets, like, eight points a game off of, like, dumb rebounds and stuff, six points off of three-pointers, and then another ten points just off of, you know, random sets they run for him in the high post or, you know, low block or whatever. So... I hope we get a great Carl Anthony Towns. I'm worried about the team overall. I I have them more of just like, I'm just calling them a lottery team again. I don't know about you, but... Yeah, you're probably more right. I, I, I said they might be closer to that, like, eight seed. But, like, in this version of the West where everything's so jam-packed, Brutal. you may still end up as a lottery team. I worry about them, like, closing games. That's probably going to be it. Like, they yeah. just can't stop anybody. Yeah. And at the end of the day, it's like you're going to lose a bunch of games that like, maybe you shouldn't lose or you could have like easily won, but you couldn't hold a lead or something. All right, we'll go New Orleans next. So we'll go with how much does New Orleans push Zion to play? They're going to push him. Like, you have to know what kind of player you have in year yeah. two. Like, right? Like, you can't just have this mystery of, like, is Zion good? Yeah. Like, we think. Well, is he, is he great? I yeah. think we know he's good at this yeah. point but is he great is he your center of franchise yeah and i mean some of the guys have already talked about like practices with stan van way different than practices with alvin gentry they're like with gentry it's like 45 minutes with stan van it's like two to three hours <laughs> it's like we're literally like tripling the time here yeah and they're like it's it's defense 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 and then getting it and you know going the other way into the half court so i would like to think that they're going to be in a completely different shape of team i would like to think zion is gonna be in way better shape uh you know at the end of the day it's ultimately back on him though it's this similar conversation we we've had with other teams like with the clippers of like how much the coach really do i mean a lot but to a point it's back on the players yep. to a point this is back on zion like if zion wants to be at 255 pounds shredded he could be yeah if zion's like cool at 275 and you know getting a hot dog after the game then that's what he's going to do. <laughs> and, like, ultimately, Stan Van can do two-hour practices. He can, you know, preach defense until he's blue in the face. But if Zion ultimately doesn't care, I don't know. But I think they should try and play him 30 minutes a game, you know, as much as you can for 60-plus games. But I, if he doesn't put the work into his body, then you're gonna, you might probably crash and burn with it. Yeah, it's kind of like the Joel Embiid is, like, if you're not in, like, the best shape, possible and your body's not prepared for that type of rigorous yeah we're gonna see it yeah because the pelicans are on tv a ton again this year right what what did we talk about like 14 times in the first half of the season um yeah i 100 percent agree is that like he needs to play 25 to 30 minutes a game he can't just be protected by this faux injury whatever's going on or whatever was going on there right so now we'll go okay see did we have lottery for New Orleans? Oh, um, I, I think they're a lottery Yeah, team. I, kinda, I kind of agree with that. I think they're still another year out. Yeah. Um, but my Oklahoma City Thunder, let's talk about them, Matt. Are you ready for this? All the preseason hype right here. Is this just like inject this into my veins? Um, the question comes up, is this another pesky, sneaky playoff team? I, probably not. Probably not. I agree but, with that. But... This is one of those really fun young teams that's like, I, it might be a car wreck for like a five minute spurt, and then it might be just absolute fire 
for the next five minutes. And there's just no reason why it's one way or the other. It just something just happens. Yeah, like some of the young guys, I think a lot of the rookies and like second-year guys like Baisley, we're going to see more. Poku, the 17th overall pick in this last year's draft, is going to be play. Uh, Theo Maladin. Teo Maladon. Teo Maladon. I'm never going to get that right. Um, the second round pick, it, he looks super smooth in preseason. Right. T- Tony Parker, 2.0. Uh, but this team has like a mix of vets right now, which I don't think are going to stick around right. for very long because they're going to win Oklahoma City games, and that's not what Oklahoma City yeah. wants. I saw like someone joke like after the first like preseason game, they're like, can we get a first for Mike Muscala? <laughs> it's like, all right, hold on. But... Um, it's like like there's there's some stuff here. Yeah. And you and I were talking off air, so we'll hit this real quick. How OKC in like two years has got like five good young players that like have like legit potential to be like NBA starters. And there's some franchises that it takes five years to get one guy like that. It's like what are we doing? I just like I think it's I mean the valuing we talk about it all the time. We've talked about it with Portland in the past, I think, on this podcast. Like, you have to value your second round picks. Yeah. Like you can't just like take fire like you take fires on guys but you can't throw them away in trades all the time yeah you know like, just trade a pick for cash considerations or whatever yeah i mean like i think there's some lucky breaks here like lou dort getting undrafted like that's just a, a lucky still on thing. that i had him in the first round pick <laughs> still on that matt's been yelling about this for a year and every time i text him about lou dort he's like i graded him as a first round draft i did pick. and he went undrafted it was ridiculous it was stupid and like even like teo maladon i have him at like 38 because I don't know, like, he if he could, like, legit shoot. I mean, obviously, in, like, a preseason game, he looked great. You know, we'll continue. I don't know. But, like, they've just, they've been smart about it. The Baisley was a huge risk so far working out. Shea's obviously Shea. So, I mean, there's a lot still to prove here in OKC. Yeah. They're a lottery team at the end of the day. But yeah, I agree. You know, it's like, they're, they're going to be peskier than they should be. We're going to know a lot about these young guys by the end of yeah. the season. Yeah, for sure. All right, next one, we'll go Phoenix. Obviously, the, the hot team of the offseason. So, obviously, they got Chris Paul. They made other moves, Jay Crowder. But we're going to focus on the guy they've had in Devin Booker. Is this his prove-it year? 100%. Like, you remove all the variables that we've talked about is that Phoenix has sucked for so long. It's like They couldn't put talent around him. Yeah. Now yeah. he has all the talent in the world. The first-round pick, or the fir- number one overall pick they had, DeAndre Ayton mm-hmm. is starting to pan out. Yeah. They have Chris Paul, who ha- who looks incredible, yeah. who has played incredible. You could have, like, three All-Stars right there. Yeah, exactly. And, and plus other guys. Like yeah. they, they Mikhail got- Bridges, Cam Johnson, they drafted Jalen Smith at the 10th pick. <laughs> where they should have or not, but like they draft. Okay, so it's like, you've got guys here. Right, and they have a coach. They have a yeah, coach. Monty two Williams. Year, two years in a row. Like, this, is, <laughs> this isn't the Phoenix of old, right? Like, we're not... Uh, talking about rebuilding, this is a playoff team. Like, if Booker cannot make an all-star team, make maybe an all-NBA team, and make a playoff run, then there's a bigger conversation to be yeah. had here, right? And I think that's ultimately what the question is all about. Because I think Chris Paul is going to try and set him up to get 30 points a game. Oh, 100%. Like, Chris Paul's a really good pick-and-roll. Yeah. You know who's really needs a pick and roll guy deandre ayton yeah you know who benefits from not having the ball in his hands all the time devin booker yeah and it's like can you just imagine like putting booker over like on the wing running a pick and roll with chris paul and it's like i dare that help like that wing defender to help off of devin booker yeah. on the pick and roll you're not going to right so you're going to open up the lane for chris paul and deandre ayton 
free help off, catch and shoot. That's money all day for Devin Booker. So it's like you should be in a perfect situation. I mean, 25 points a game should not be unrealistic for Devin Booker this year. But if he's, you know, that 20-ish and, like, just floating at times, then, yeah, we got to have some real conversations. But I think Phoenix needs to be one of those maybe lock playoff teams. I'm saying they're a lock playoff team. I, I think they're either, like, the last lock playoff team or, like, the top of the fringe group. I agree. I don't, I don't know exactly which one I want to put them in yet, but they're right there-ish. They're that borderline for me. I'm pretty bullish on the Phoenix Suns. I, I think they're a lock for me. Yeah. We'll go Portland next. So is this the best team Dames had? Like, we talk, talk about, like, last year, the wing depth, and we've been screaming right. at that for yet ever. They've kind of corrected, course corrected a lot of that. Yeah. Um, so it, is just this the best team Dames had in a long time? Assuming, yeah, assuming McCollum's healthy, Nurkic is healthy, right? Like, it's like you're you could legit whether you want to start Derek Jones Jr. or not, who looked you know again preseason good. It's like, and then you have Gary Trent Jr. coming off the bench, Ronnie Hood. Um, Mm -hmm. So it's like you have guys here. You you do have guys. I think this is the best starting lineup um, he's had, along with like Zach Collins coming off the bench. Mm -hmm. So it's like you. This is the best starting lineup he's had. You know, team, you know, I don't know, because I don't know how deep you want to get into it. But, like, this should be his best team and should be, like, a top five playoff team in the West, in my opinion. Because him being who he is, I, again, perennial MVP candidate. Mm. CJ should be a perennial all-star candidate, if not just all-star. Nurkic is one of those fringy playoff guy or all-star guys, but I love Nurkic. And it's like, then you've got a good surrounding wings now, right? Namely, Robert Covington, who they traded for. I think Covington brings so much to this team that, you know, not to say like he all of a sudden turns into a title contender, but he greatly fills a void that they've just had forever, it seems like. Yeah, 100%. I mean, they've been searching for this guy for three three or four seasons now. Yeah. Um, and they, I think they found it with Covington and they have depth which they haven't had before. I mean, Melo can come off the bench and get right. points um, and hit shots, which is a big deal for them. Yeah. Um, and if this team stays healthy, and that's the biggest caveat, I think, like Zach Collins coming back, mm-hmm. can he stay healthy? Can Nurkic stay healthy? Can CJ stay healthy? Dame had a stint last year when yeah. he was hurt. Um, so it's just about um, the shootings there, everything else there. So I, in theory, this should be like a top four team in the, in yeah. the west and i think they're they're in that lock playoff yeah um bracket for me all right we'll go <laughs> sacramento next um does year two of luke walton look any better sometimes you know we talked about coaching like doesn't ultimately matter to a bit in this situation it seems like does drastically matter because like you bring in a competent coach and dave yeager this team looks really really good you bring in luke walton this year because you fight with dave yeager in the front office i don't they look like garbage. I, if you remember, Sacramento was my darling team when we started this podcast, Matt. Do you remember that? that <laughs> yeah. Three yeah. seasons ago. And, I mean, I totally, like, got it. De'Aaron Fox, right? And, yeah. Like, making Marvin this Bagley, thing. like, just just was selected. You got the you had the wings. Had the wings. Heald and Bogdanovich. And it's had, like, you had momentum going here. I'm here to say I'm full out on yeah. the Sacramento Kings. And that sucks. Yeah. It's dis- disappointing. It De'Aaron sucks for Fox, De'Aaron Fox. Yeah. It's, De'Aaron Fox is one of my favorite young players in the league. We talked about that a couple pods ago. We talked about all those young guys getting maxes. Yeah. Fox is very high for both of us. I love that guy. 
And, like, it feels like Buddy Heald somehow is not being used to his full potential, which, like, he was awesome two seasons ago. His role should be really easy. Yeah. Like, I, and it's project. like Luke Walden's made this hard somehow, and I don't know how that's possible. It's <laughs> like know? he's slowed him down and, like, just not letting De'Aaron do his thing. Right. Like, attack, be aggressive. And, right. and like, I feel like De'Aaron's game has grown, but, like, the offense hasn't catered to the growth yeah. there. Yeah. Um, and we don't know what Marvin Bagley is still because of injury, unfortunately. Um, and they let Bogdanovich walk this offseason. Yeah, for nothing. Like, they <laughs> didn't even... And it's, like, reportedly they could have got back, like, a late first or, like, a couple seconds. Like, at least just, like, for making sure it would happen. And they're just like, nah. It's like, why not? Like, just at least take the couple seconds and then package them to move up to pick 32 in the year 2025 or whatever. Like, just do it. Why not? Why not just take the picks? I don't I don't understand this organization. I don't understand where it's going. I sympathize with the Sacramento Kings fans because I, I just don't know what the direction of this team is anymore. Yeah, get De'Aaron Fox out of there. They're yeah. a lottery team. Please. Exactly. Um, next one, San Antonio. Uh, I think a, a friskier team than than some might expect so could they be last season's okc that that like the surprises surprise, people surprise team and you're like why are they a five or six or whatever and it's like they're just a good team maybe i just feel like the west is too good for that anymore i i, I maybe they're a little bit friskier than that i think the rose they found something with the rosen at kind of playing four yeah i um, loved that in the bubble where they were like really good um, I don't know how much of that changes with LaMarcus Aldridge coming back uh, and playing for them. I, I don't know. I mean, this team, I don't know. San Antonio is one of those puzzling teams. Like, they, I think they have a direction. Yeah. They've I, got, like, a lot of young guard wing depth right yeah. now with, like, DeJounte Murray, Derek White, Lonnie Walker, Keldon Johnson. It's like, okay, we can't play all of them at once, but you got a lot of dudes there. You mentioned the two vets with DeRozan and Aldridge. There are some guys, like, legit. You brought back Yaka Pertle on, like, a three for 27. So it's like, you, you've got guys along with still, like, the Patty Mills yeah. of the world. Right. So it's like, you have a legit, you know, 10 guys here still to work with. It's just, like, how do you balance them? Like, how do you, like, balance the depth chart and the minutes and, like, who you're pairing guys with? I, I think they're one of those fringe playoff teams. I think they're always going to kind of be in the conversation there um, because, like, they have the talent, like you were saying. Yeah. They have a ton of talent. It's just how does it get played. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. that. I mean, they may just be competent enough to beat Sacramento enough or, yeah. you know, beat up on whomever and get into, kind of sneak into that playoff Yeah, those nights where it's like you're down a couple guys because of COVID protocols. It's yeah. like the Spurs might be like, okay. Yeah. We got Greg Popovich and some dudes. Right. We feel pretty good about our chances. We promoted this guy from G League, but he's going to score like 15 points for right, us right. off the bench. So it's like, you know, maybe if they're a fringe team, maybe they're closer to 8 to 11 than they yeah. are 5, 6, 7. But it's like this new play-in tournament thing they've got going on probably benefits San Antonio more than most. So that's kind of where I think we both have them. And the last one is Utah. So Utah, obviously, the bubble was just weird for them because like they as easily could have swept the nuggets they got bounced by the nuggets um and the whole donovan mitchell trying to be a superman and it worked for a while and all that so what they did in the offseason was essentially like we're just gonna run it back that's what they did they re-signed clarkson and were like let's go again so was that the best decision 
I think they've been saying that for the last three seasons, <laughs> and it hasn't got them anywhere. I mean, the, I think the logic there is, like, you get Bogdanovich back, right? right? The other Bogdanovich. Uh, and Mike Conley was starting to look like a really good, good, good player again, um, and not someone you were like, okay, do we have to, like, find a way to, like, wave Dump him? him? Yeah, yeah, somehow. Um, so maybe? I don't know. Like, the... I, I don't I mean, know. They even brought back Derek Favors. Like they were truly running it back. I, I have no idea. Like that was the most like confusing signing of the offseason to me. Is like what I I guess Utah? Like I, I Sure. Like it just feels like they don't want to try anything else. Yeah. Like they're like I guess they're defensively good, but still offensively is still some question marks. Like are you putting Jordan Clarkson on on the floor in like Crunch tight time. games? Right. Probably not. No, and I mean it's like is he taking Joe Ingles' spot in crunch time minutes? Probably not. Probably not. So why are you paying him, you know, twelve, thirteen million dollars, however much it is, um, that he's gonna be getting, right? And like the favors thing is weird. It's yeah. just like, don't get me wrong, you have like a legit good like eight guys. It's just like, I don't know, what's your direction? What's your ultimate goal here? It feels like you know they're like, hey, let's just get to the second round. Yeah, that that's what it feels like right now. I don't know, maybe they think Bogdanovich being back is way more of a swing piece than you or I think it is. Mm. Like, don't get me wrong, he definitely helps. Yeah. But, like, in that Denver series, I don't know how much more he helps, like, in that situation. Yeah, I mean, they may, like, I mean, they score more points, but they, I think, give up more, more points, points at right. the same time. It's like, not, not having Royce O'Neal, like, on the floor defensively, like, would very matter in that situation. Yeah, and it feels like Royce O'Neal is, like, maybe too important to this team, yeah. uh, you know, like, defensively as a wing. I, I, Same way, like, Robert Covington shouldn't be that, like, he's better as a player, but, like, he shouldn't be that important to Portland. Right. But, like, just because of the void on that team, he is. Right. Same thing kind of here with Royce O'Neal. So that's why I have them as, like, an upper fringe playoff team. Yeah, I think they're, yeah. Upper. I, I, I would agree with that. I don't know. I could see things breaking wrong and being, like, a 9 or 10, but... At the same time, Don Mitchell's really good. I know you hate him, but I don't. I don't hate him. <laughs> Go back and listen to like that what pot or two ago. <laughs> yeah, I forget episode ninety or something. Max extensions, something yeah. like that. All um, right, so we've talked about kind of where we think these teams are falling tier wise. So let's get into the nitty gritty, Ryan, of West playoff predictions. So we'll go our one through ten seeds since we have the play in now. So we're. I would assume we're doing. I guess we didn't talk about this beforehand, so we're going to do some behind-the-scenes stuff hey. while we're recording. We're going to do what I, we traditionally do is put them in tiers, these yeah. teams in tiers, right? That's how we usually do this. So if you're listening for the first time uh, on one of these podcasts, we don't – we have some flexibility. It's not like yeah. what we think is going to be uh, – I don't know. That's how I look at it, yeah. at least. And I think that's how you look so at it, too. Do you want to go from top to bottom or you go from bottom up? I don't know. Let's go from bottom up. Change right. it up some. All right. So, I, my play-in teams are just my bottom tier. Okay. Like, yeah. So, for me, I think this would be the order, but not totally for certain. Houston, Utah, Golden State, San Antonio. Did I add one too many teams? I may have added one too many teams. No, you got 10 on there. Okay. Um. So, I've got Utah, Golden State, Houston, San Antonio. So, same group. Just different order, right? Yeah. Um, for the most part. Houston's uh, totally swing on James Harden. Yeah. Like, who, who I kind of have them lower lower because of that. I just don't think... Like, I think he's gone by tread deadline. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe he's, they've got enough wins by that point to like still make the play in. Like, yeah. you know, just drag the rest of that team into the playoffs at that point. But, right? 
I think Golden State's another huge swing one. Like, yeah. how good is, like, that supporting cast? If Steph ends up being, like, closer to MVP Steph, like, they could be almost Much a lock for the playoffs. Right. Um, but they could also be in that San Antonio, where I yeah. have San Antonio range. Right. Like, Utah is a team that's, like, again, probably should be more towards the top of this group. But you could tell me things don't quite break right or a couple shots, you know, in the fourth quarter don't go in. And all of a sudden, they're like, why aren't we winning as much as we're used to? Right. Like, Donovan Mitchell misses, like, games with COVID or whatever. Like, yeah. you know, like, I don't know. We just talked about Jordan Clarkson. Jordan Clarkson can miss a stint with, yeah. like, COVID or whatever. And all of a sudden, they don't have any bench scoring. Right. And, like, and then we both have San Antonio kind of at the back end of this group, I think. It'd be safe to say. But, again, just a well-coached team. Lots of dudes. And, you know, you just probably throw them on the floor and just a lot of good things happen. And you don't lose a ton if a guy goes out. But um, just competent enough as a franchise and a team and group of guys to, like, make it in there. It feels like as like for <clears throat> how San Antonio structures their the way they play, it's like the longer a team stays together, they play better. Yeah. And this is, what, year three for this team now? Yeah. So it, if it's going to click, it's going to be this year. Yeah. Uh, again, they benefit probably more than anyone else from this play-in um, yeah, deal that they've got going on. So my next tier has four teams in it also. So, yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that. Because then I have a final top two. Yeah. So okay. yep. um, this group for me goes, I think this is my order within it, but Portland, Clippers, Dallas, phoenix okay so i have i'm trying yeah so i have dallas portland clippers phoenix so again same four yeah just slightly different orders yeah and again part of this again we'll always have the contingency of covid and you know guys playing or not playing but i i really love portland in this group yeah i i i don't love the clippers i think that's the one of that's yeah kind of it goes along with it though yeah um i like portland too i think they're gonna be competent i mean if dame goes nuclear like we've seen yeah um this team is talent for talent one of the best teams in the west and I, it's hard to leave them out of any of these top tier of the west yeah i as much as i like luca and dallas i'm out i'm worried that like porzingis just misses enough time where like they can't quite get as high as i think they actually are like talented mm-hmm. like i feel like their talent and ability is gonna exceed their actual seating here just because again luca misses a couple or porzingis misses more than we think he's going to miss it's just like the west is that gauntlet like luca will bail you out a lot but in this year especially we're talking about like teams missing that like new orleans is good yeah like right there's gonna be good teams that like aren't even in this conversation um, just because someone has to miss. So it's like, I, I wonder if Dallas loses enough of those to where they don't get quite as high as their talent says they should be. But like, I still really like Dallas in this conversation. And again, if in my situation, if they you know land where I put them in order of, they'd be playing like the Clippers again in round one as like a four or five, which again, hook that up to my veins. Yeah. Right. Give that to me. Yeah. Give that whole storyline to me. Yeah. I think uh for me is like i i really enjoy i think i mean we talked about this dallas could be closer to the other two teams we're gonna talk about but it could be um i i just think lucas could take another step and i'm kind of just betting on luca at this point i think for me like the biggest standout here is that the clippers are 
lower probably than yeah. a lot of people. I just don't think this team, like, when we saw push come to shove, like, it just didn't work. And they yeah. haven't fixed a lot of those issues. So I'm just, I, I can't, like, continue to say, like, this team's going to be great and, like, a championship contender. They, they'll they be in the conversation. I just don't think they're at the top of that list yeah. anymore. Yeah. And it's like, they went out and got, like, Luke Kennard, and they gave up Landry Shamit. It's like, okay. Like, it's another like, guy who, in theory, can create a little more off the dribble than Shamit could. Which, like, this team, like, kind of needs that. But it's like, Luke Kennard's, like, uh, like half step in that direction. Yeah. Not, like, the full step. They, like, they, they need, probably like, a taken. George Hill, which I, they could still acquire. Right. They need someone who can, like, a point guard who can create... Um, and their solution for that this offseason was Reggie Jackson. So yeah, bringing I, him back. Right. That that that's just get I all the way out of here. I just can't like get on board with this team yeah. at this point. Right. And again, the whole Pat Bev, Lou Will, again, literally voicing yeah. their displeasure and like putting their name to it. Um, with like some of the things that have gone on, I maybe it gets resolved. But maybe in it does. A, but in a regular season, that's going to be like how we know it's going to be. That kind of stuff seems it's like going to matter more than it probably should, and maybe they are still a, a championship contender. But in terms of like seeding, I would be worried that they fall probably more than they should. Yep. So then, just going based off of teams left, we both should have the same top two. Yeah. So, Lakers, Nuggets. I agree with that in that order. Or, yeah, Nuggets and Lakers. Um, I. Uh, I think the Lakers will probably not try as hard <laughs> this yeah. year, uh, which I think is maybe what you're thinking too. Um, they may slip. They might even slip to the three. I don't yeah. think it, they really care, honestly, because they have LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Like they just don't care. They um, literally know they can just get just get to the playoffs. Yeah, and like you're fine. Denver's gonna try. They're gonna try really hard. I I think so. I think Denver's gonna finish with the number one seed regular season. I, don't, I agree. I'm not saying they're the best team. I agree, but. Because even if Jokic is out, Murray's still a dude. Even if Murray's out, Jokic is still a dude. Like yeah. they like one as one of them just has to be playing, and they've got a good enough team around them to like make it work. And you know, yeah, you can talk about like ah, uh, who is their backup center? Who cares, right? Like at the end of the day, you got good guards, you've got some pretty talented wings overall, and you're you got two legit all stars on that. Like I I'm just gonna roll with them and. I think Mike Malone's an overall good coach. Mm. I mean, they've over, quote unquote, overperformed the last couple of years. So it's like, I'm just going to keep betting on. It's kind of like the San Antonio thing. They've been together for a while now. They know who they are, they know what they're good at, and they're going to keep getting better. So I, I just think, like, they're one of those teams, that, like, yeah, they're probably going to try. And, like, the travel and all that's not going to really get to them. Yeah, I just think that the, I mean, defensively, they're going to be pretty solid. I think. Um, this group's been together still. Like you're adding Will Barton. Um, yeah, that's going to be a big addition for them. I'm blanking on the other wing's name who usually starts. Gary Harris. Gary Harris. Thank you. Gary Harris actually looked like competent. We've talked about him yeah. some in the past. Like offensive, like play, like he could do that in the yeah. bubble. Like right there have been moments where it's like, God, I hope he never shoots the ball. <laughs> but like he looked good again. He yeah. looked healthy. Yeah. And, like, of course, Michael Porter Jr., everyone's going to be watching him. But I just think this team um, has what it takes to make a deep deep run this year. Mm -hmm. And I think they're going to really try it in the playoffs, um, unlike um, some other teams that we've talked about, like the Lakers. Yeah. So teams we have overall missing the playoffs, then some Memphis dropping out. 
rest in peace yeah i really like them still i like them long term yeah i think so i i'm still curious on how like the just winslow thing plays out right i'm not sure like jay crowder wasn't a fit there long term but i don't know he was really useful for them though yeah that's the thing it's like you're missing that production still yeah. somewhere so memphis missing out we have minnesota missing out again talent there but probably still like a year away yeah overall new orleans missing out kind of that same conversation a lot of talent there maybe still like a year away yeah uh, some projections have them like definitively in i i can't get there yet i mean it all depends on lonzo and zion yeah there's I mean, got to be like legit development there but like ingram if ingram just does what he get does again last year then you know it's really about the other guys yeah which i think he can do and we ultimately don't know what stan van is going to like transform that team into okc missing yep. as expected right yep. um and then sacramento which sacramento obviously doesn't want to but you know just who you are <laughs> yep 100 percent uh i think the uh who's who's the one team that's going to surprise us in a good or a bad way this year matt i'm going to put you on the spot here um from the west oh goodness i mean i we we kind of talked over denver already you know i to me i guess going on public consensus it's portland Mm. like i i really love portland like to me i don't again trying to think of like how wins project out in a 72 game season if they win 45 games this year like that wouldn't surprise me much that's like 50 plus wins yeah in a normal season so i th- i think they could definitively run away with the three. Ooh, i like that i'm gonna to answer that my own question i'm gonna say phoenix i know we talked about them making playoffs i think they could be really close to all of a sudden you're on devin booker now it's like you flipped you hate donovan mitchell and you love devin booker now <laughs> i don't <laughs> I, I don't love devin booker i just love the piece they finally put a, put around him right like like the jay crowder edition right like that's like a little thing in the grand scheme of things but like obviously ginormous once you like see what he's done for playoff teams he's like the fourth option there which is a perfect yeah. role he's a spot him. up shooter yeah. which we've seen him make 45 percent doing that We've seen him make 20% doing that. But we've seen him make a lot of shots doing that, too. Yeah. And play defense also, which that team desperately needs. So, really big help there. Yeah, I just think they they could end up being closer to a four, um, at least competitively in in this talk for a four seed. Yeah. Um, Chris Paul has that effect on teams. Yeah, like, he shows up and they make the playoffs. It's crazy. Like, you know, he resurrected yeah. that dead franchise called the Clippers. You're right, and then Houston, and then OKC. It's like he just kind of wins. Yeah, it's incredible. That dude is, uh, uh, as they, as the kids say, point god. Point god. I mean, he is. He's really good. Hall of Fame, Hall of Famer. Um, I think that's all I have, Matt. Is that? Are you, do you want to add anything before we uh, close this podcast? No, I think I'm just about good. We'll talk about East next uh, week. I know this recording is coming out a little later than we hoped. Snow here in Oklahoma. This rare occasion. Yeah, it, like the whole snow. state sh- just shuts down whenever we get like a light dusting. Yeah. We got like what three inch, four, four inches? inches. Yeah, so it's more than a light dusting this but, time. Yeah, usually though it only takes like a fourth of an inch. Yeah. <laughs> to, to get to shut us down. And meteorologists are getting out like meter sticks to measure the snow. It's it's incredible <laughs> for nothing. But this year is like kind of something, so that slowed us up a little bit. But we'll get on the east next time, and then like a couple days after that, it's season. Like we're on, we're on. We're, it's Christmas like a week away, Matt. 
Like, yeah, like, what, 10 days from today? Yeah. we're recording, which is bonkers. Have you done your Christmas shopping, Ryan? Um, the nice thing is that uh, Ashley, my wife, has done all of our Christmas shopping for us. And we're not doing gifts for, like, each other. And we're only doing gifts for, like, our nieces and nephews. Wow. So we're done. Wow. That's, like, crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. I don't know. I mean, we just don't, I guess, want things or need things. I don't know. I'll probably still get, like, a pair, like, some socks, socks or something <laughs> like that, you know? The fun stuff. Yeah. The classic get a stocking stuffer. Yeah. You know? I don't think I deserve coal yet, but... <laughs> we'll see um, how much Santa hates your Donovan Mitchell takes. He probably does. <laughs> He's probably a Utah Jazz fan with how cold it is in the North Pole. Um, anyways, uh, thank you so much for listening to episode 93 of the Couch GM Podcast. Uh, we are back next week and then it's the end of the year so we will see you back for episode 94